Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg Podcast. I love going out, enjoying a nice meal. You know, it's something now that with inflation, I think twice about, okay, do you really need to treat yourself? Do you deserve it? You can kind of do it again, though. You don't have to, like, pull your mask down between bites. Well, yeah, it wasn't because of that. I'm just talking about inflation. (laughs) You go, well, maybe next week, not this week. But that's just how frugal people are. And it's coming through for Applebee's and IHOP. Surprisingly, they are benefiting from all the belt tightening that's happening among American consumers. Sales at both chains, which are owned by a company called Dine Brands, have grown 6 to 8% among higher-earning households. So basically, your really wealthy neighbor, or whoever you think it is, is going to Applebee's for some riblets now because of inflation. Those baby backs, <laughs> that's what we call them. Flashing back to the advertisements, I think Chili's is the baby back ribs, also because of Austin Powers. I think I know that. They probably don't even have them anymore. <laughs> They're so similar, right? Chili's and Applebee's. Yeah, basically uh, which the one same actually thing. has the baby backs? Basically the same. All right. So, <laughs> so people, even your highfalutin neighbor, mm-hmm. maybe cutting back a little bit, even though they have to spend more. All Isn't right. that interesting that we're seeing that behavior? Just more proof to me that inflation isn't just painful and irritating for every American at any threshold of income. It's also quite political now with midterm elections right around the corner. President Biden has signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law. The White House says the package addresses inflation by lowering energy and health care costs for families and will help bring down the deficit. But economist Stephen Moore weighed in with Stuart Varney on Fox Business about this. Congress increased government spending by $750 billion and they increased taxes on our businesses by roughly the same amount. Both work in the direction of increasing inflation. If you increase taxes by $750 billion on our businesses, Stuart, many of them are going to have to raise their prices to be able to afford to pay the taxes. So all of this gets passed on to the consumer. Now, the good news is it is true. We've seen a slight decline in inflation. The July number was pretty good. But don't forget, when you have year-over-year inflation of 8.5%, everybody has different numbers. My number is the number that we put together at Heritage is that the average family is paying about $4,000 a year more in real terms. And what that's doing is shrinking the paycheck of yep. middle-class families. So yep. that's why I call this a middle-class recession. I think that's a perfect name. I agree 100%. And if you look at these numbers, so we're seeing the Inflation Reduction Act in motion, and we're hearing what's going to happen, and they're exactly right. I mean, this is just a another way to spend more money. And our job at Talon Wealth is to figure out, well, how is this likely to affect markets moving forward? Typically, when the government comes out and and spends tons and tons of money, it gets pumped into the economy. People go out and spend that money, and then it drives valuations up on companies because their sales go up. Now, we've inherited through all of the spending the situation where Now, we've got crazy high inflation numbers and the Fed's going back and having to raise rates to try to slow it down. And then on the backside of the Fed raising rates to slow it down. And and just like he said, well, we had a pretty good July number. So the -hmm. the Biden administration is bragging that, well, in July, inflation was zero percent. Well, no kidding. I mean, they they raised rates and people are cutting back, so they didn't spend as much. But now they're going to turn around and pump more money into the economy, tons of money into the economy. That, by the way, isn't obviously going to, that's obvious to me, I hope it's obvious to our listeners, why would that reduce inflation? So now the Fed has to go back and say, 
well, we need to bring inflation down, but Biden just signed off on something that's going to push inflation higher. Can I ask a question? Why are we calling this, or why did they name it, excuse me, the Inflation Reduction Act when well, inflation political. isn't, I mean, it, climate change is in there. I saw a lot about that, giving the IRS more money. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Tax hikes on the terrible people that do well. You know, all that kind of thing. Nothing about inflation. Yeah, I mean, if you can't say midterm elections coming up. <laughs> I know. Right. It, it's it's all, I've talked about it on the show before. I, I would expect that come mid-November, post-elections, that all this language goes away. Okay. And they're going to say, hey, look at all the nice things we did for you. And the short-term inflation may drop again this month. But in the long term, once this money gets into the economy, it goes back up again. And I think the takeaway is they don't really care one way or the other. They're just trying to drive money into the economy. The more money they drive into the economy, the more debt that we have, the more debt that we have, the more dependent we are on the government. It goes on and on and on and on. And just like we were talking about earlier, it's, it's analysis paralysis, too much information. Our job is to take a look at what is going on. We can't play this week by week or month by month, but we have to say, what is the overall effect likely to be moving forward with everything that's happening? And, and frankly, it's been a little confusing here lately because we had a, a, a good July in the stock market and people are looking at their accounts going, well, it was going down and down and down. Mm -hmm. If you're not working with us, you may have had an advisor that was saying, well, just hang in there. Don't worry, it'll come up. And then in July, they're going, hey, gee whiz, my advisor might have been right because it's actually coming up. Well, the thing is, just like markets don't go straight up, there's an average of the returns moving up. Markets don't go straight down. And you can go back to whether it's just a recession or a market crash or a correction, what have you. As it's going down, typically markets go down. Then people think, hey, maybe this is a good point to get back in. Then they go up and then people get nervous down again and it finds a new low. So we want to smooth that out for our clients, and we want to try to help our listeners smooth all of that out. So if somebody wants to call us up and say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm just really confident in the economy, and I think spending more money and in the Inflation Reduction Act is going to be long-term beneficial and actually bring inflation down, then by all means, hang in there on your portfolio. But if you think this is potentially bad, and you're sitting there with your investment options that are, are limited in things like retirement plans at work, or you've got an advisor saying, hey, just trust me. And you're kind of in this hope category. Mm -hmm. uh, hope is not a financial plan. It is not tactical. It is not active management. It's I just really hope things don't get really bad. And again, I'm optimistic generally, but I don't know how in this economy, when, by the way, all the numbers are coming in bad. We just got housing numbers last mm. week, Kristen, mm. that were bad and not a little bit bad, real bad. Mm -hmm. That's where it starts. People aren't buying anymore. Inventories are going up. And then it sort of starts trickling down to other things. You know, companies, uh, Walmart, for example, last week, they said, well, hey, listen, uh, we've adjusted our profits down. Companies start adjusting profits down. And now the big thing is, if you want to know, well, why was the market up in July? It's a speculation that because the economy is slowing down, maybe the Fed won't raise rates higher. Well, I don't know. I mean, they might not, but I don't know how they don't raise rates higher if Biden has just signed in spending more money because he's going to add to the inflation problem. So putting all this together, take a close look at your portfolio, understand how it's likely to work moving forward, whether markets are good or bad. And we would recommend just coming up with a plan that helps you not only protect, but grow 
your money over time. I'm just trying to process all that you were talking about there. You know, July was pretty good for the market. So a lot of people are feeling that the concern is dissipating, if you will. Biden's well, like, about with this thing. Okay, maybe this isn't so bad. We've talked about on the show how you believe we've been in a recession for quite some time. Do you believe that tide is changing? No, I think it continues to get worse. I think we are in a recession. Obviously, there are, for, and I would say for political reasons, there are those out there in the media and the talking heads, you know, financially type of thing that are saying, well, no, 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 technically it's not a recession. Some say it's technically a recession. Some say it's not technically a recession because how could we have these jobs numbers if it was really a recession? I mean, ask yourself this question. Who cares what my opinion is? Whether it's a recession or not a recession, if half the people think it is one and the other half think it's not one, do you really want to get caught in the middle? I mean, why pick a side? Overall, markets are pretty good. And even if you didn't get out before, we've had a pretty good bounce. If you didn't get out, now's a good time to take a look at what your options are. Our feeling is, and I'm not trying to scare anybody, it gets worse from here. I don't see good economic data. Everything is slowing down. And it's all hung up on the Fed. What is the Fed going to do? Well, what we know is we can't control the Fed. Why try to guess what they're going to do? If they cut rates or don't raise rates, yeah, the market probably goes up until the next terrible thing happens. But if they continue with their process and the market is wrong on the assumption, we're going to see markets fall pretty quick. So take a close look at your portfolio and get an understanding of what's available to you. It sounds like also doing a gut check of... Have I changed my spending and behavior? I think that's a good thing to go on too, Mike, because I know all of our listeners have taken a second look at the grocery store. And like we started talking about in the segment, more higher income folks are eating at places that are more frugal. It seems that we're all making different decisions with that discretionary income that you talk about. So that's a good gut check, too, to see if it is time for you to sit down with a fiduciary financial advisor and have them give you a second opinion of what's happening with your money and put together a true plan for your retirement that deals with these issues and more. Set that up by visiting guardingyournestegg.com. Christian Bale played Michael Burry in the 2015 big screen version of The Big Short, an amazing and terrifying movie all at one time. Mm -hmm. Michael Burry is the guy who in real life bet on the collapse of these subprime mortgages ahead of the 2008 financial crisis. And he's now saying that he's worried about the economy again. So I want to read just a brief version. This was on August the 12th, something he tweeted, and it's getting a lot of attention. He said, net consumer credit balances are rising at record rates. Rather than cut back on spending in the face of inflation, winter is coming. In other words, we're in trouble. He was right before. So, mm -hmm. Mike, you've been doing this over two decades, focused on investing. Do you think we should make some adjustments to our financial plan based on this guy's forecast? Well, not necessarily based on his forecast, but... Let's think about what it was like back when he made this prediction. And he's not the only one, by the way. He just happened to make a ton of money at it, by, and uh -huh. if you've seen the movie. But he shorted, meaning betting against real estate, when it was very, very high. And he took a look at the numbers and said, hey, this is not sustainable. The most likely scenario, because of everything that's going on, is that real estate absolutely tanks. He bet against it, meaning he was going to make money if it went down. He bet big and just made a ton of money. Now he's looking at what's going on in the current economy 
it's not the same. In other words, markets aren't necessarily inflated for all the same reasons, but it's feeling the same. And when I take a look at the crisis was going on in 2005, six, seven, probably before that, it didn't really hit us until 2008. If you took any time to actually talk to some of your neighbors at that mm -hmm. point in time, they were selling homes with really no regard for what your actual job was or your income was. They were selling loans that were interest only. So you actually never paid the principal down. That wasn't going to work. It was unsustainable. And he saw that and then he saw a lot of other things. And frankly, I saw it too. Now, I didn't have the guts that he had at the time no to kidding. you know, bet seriously against the markets, but he wound up being right. And I can understand why he was right. It makes sense. And to me, it makes sense again. I think he probably is right. It's just sustainability. Can we keep going at the pace that we're going? Is this sustainable? Can we keep paying what we're paying for fuel, although it's come down a little bit. No, we can't. Can we keep paying what we're paying for real estate? Can we keep paying what we're paying at the grocery store? Can the jobs numbers keep going up? Can inflation stay where it is currently? Just so many things are working against us. And the only tool that we really have is, uh, well, our current government, who is spending more money, which makes the problem mm -hmm. Uh, even worse, thanks to our new Inflation Reduction, Reduction Act, Act doesn't which doesn't do inflation. anything with that. Yeah, So wow. that's probably you know a problem. And then the Fed. Some of the questions that we're getting now is, well, if things are so bad, why is the market up 10% in the past you know, four or five weeks? Why was July good? How come the inflation rate in the month of July was zero? How come it didn't tick up? Well, it's because things are slowing down and it's because the Fed is raising rates and it's because to buy a home, that interest rate got over 5% for the first time in a long time. And it's causing people to, to take pause. This idea that the Fed can orchestrate a soft landing, in our opinion is, and I think six months from now, everybody should be on our page, in my opinion, yes, we're in a recession. We're certainly in a bear market, which means bad market. To put all of our faith in the Fed and our current government, and let's pretend like there's not an election coming up, to orchestrate a soft landing so things just turn out okay, it's just too much to expect. It's really a hope and pray kind of a philosophy. Thank goodness we've got a little bit of a reprieve here for people who didn't get a chance to get out of the market or who have just been hanging in there. Maybe we're not back where we started a little while ago, but take a closer look where you're at in your portfolio, whether it's in a retirement account at work or whether you're currently working with a financial advisor that's just telling you, hang in there, don't worry. Now might be a good time to say, you know what? I'd like to look at what all of my investment options are Maybe I don't want to deal with all the ups and downs. Maybe I just like to have a more conservative strategy. Doesn't mean forever, but just for now. Well, if the market goes up a lot, maybe I make a little bit. But if the market goes down a lot, maybe I don't lose very much. What we're finding is that many, many people right now, through all the stress and frustration, would prefer that at this point in time, as opposed to sweating it out. But one of the things that just jumps off the page at me every single time I look at charts and data and everything else is no matter where the S&P is, and we can use the S&P or the Dow or you know really any other index, but regardless of where it's at, we still haven't gotten back to our pre-COVID economy. That was a pretty good economy. Mm -hmm. We were humming along, people were working, inflation wasn't too high. It was a lot more sustainable. Then we got COVID. 
Then we got a new administration. We got more and more spending. And then we got tons of inflation and all the problems that we have right now. So if you take a look at when were things pretty good, well, the S&P 500 was between 3,200 and 3,300. Hmm. With this latest bounce up, and it depends on, Christian, exactly which day you look at, but let's just say it's around 4,200, 4,300, somewhere in there. There's approximately a 25% difference between those two numbers. So I don't think, and this is the reason we want to help people with their financial planning, I don't see a reason to justify an economy that's worth 25% more than we were before things got bad. Because things are worse now, technically, than they were pre-COVID. Which means to get back to normal levels, in my opinion, markets would have to drop 25% from where they are now. Okay. And I'm just obviously rounding everything off here. But if you're retired or close to it, and I'll just use a million dollars because the math's easy. If you're sitting on about a million dollars right now and you're wondering what to do, ask yourself, how do you feel? Do you feel like things are going to move up from here? Or are you worried we might get back to something Mm -hmm. more realistic in a good economy, like maybe 3,200? Because that's 25% less than where we are now, Mm -hmm. just to get back to something that I think is more realistic. So that would take your million-dollar portfolio, and it would reduce it to a $750,000 portfolio. Kristen, I have yet to meet someone because we talk to people that are retired or close to it, where that's something that they don't really have a willingness to do that. What I find is people near or at retirement are more willing to give up a portion of gains if it means they're going to avoid majority of losses. Mm-hmm. And that's really what active management is about, helping people make as much as they can with the least amount of risk. One of my favorite stories to tell when we have people come and visit with us is do an analysis of their current portfolio, show them how it works and what it's likely to do. Show them all of the other investment options that are available to them, how they work and what they're likely to do. And then just let people decide for themselves whether or not they feel we're providing value. And if you feel like we're providing value and if we can show you higher returns with less risk, you might want to work with us, but it starts with a conversation. This is this is this is, this is guarding your nest egg with Mike Lester. Catch up and interact with the show anytime at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Talon Private Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Talon Private Wealth and this station are not affiliated. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up to date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Discuss Questions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information.